If you're on social media, you probably saw the same things I saw around the suspects in the Highland Park shooting. Saw pictures of him dressed as Waldo from Where's Waldo at a Trump rally, wrapped uh, himself in a Trump flag. You probably saw the picture of an Antifa type tattoo, a socialist tattoo on his arm. You probably saw his likes, which all seemed to lean towards the left, his likes on social media. Of course, if you only get your news, we could call it, from the Mockingbird media, you only saw part of that. And some things aren't political. Some things are flat evil. And I wanted to reverse things. Normally, we try to talk about solutions. But sometimes to find a solution, you can kind of do a form of reverse engineering. So how would a society go about creating a lot more mass murderers? The Todd Herman Show is 100% disapproved by big pharma, technocrats, and tyrants everywhere. Now... From the high mountains of free America, here's the Emerald City Exile, Todd Herman. Today is the day the Lord has made, yes, even today. And these are the times through which God has decided we shall live. Yes, even these times, even today. God decided that you and I will inhabit this uh, period in God's history together. SodaWeightLoss.com continues to have a magnificent effect. I talked to some people this weekend that are using it. That's in addition to my wife and a family member and a whole bunch of people from the show in the podcast family. It's SodaWeightLoss.com. Uh, I hate to say it, but I, I have pledged since the day I came back to radio almost 10 years ago. The first thing that I wrote uh, in regard to coming back was I pledged to be honest. And, and that's I've been able to do that. Thank, thank the Lord. Um, my initial response to the shooting at Highland Park, God forgive me, was here we go again. And maybe yours was different. But for the families involved whose loved ones are gone, it was not, here we go again. And for people who witnessed this and lived through it, it was not, nor will it ever be, here we go again. But I looked back to the show we did on the Texas murders in the school, the, the murders that cops were apparently forced to or chose to simply stand by and allow to occur. And we did a show right after that. And the thesis of the show was we already knew the murderer. We already knew everything about him. And in that case, it turned out to be true. There was not anything that we predicted about the, uh, the murderer in that case that did not come true. It was not already a fact. It shouldn't be that easy. In this case, this suspect, and we do not say names of people like this, nor am I going to play his, his so-called music. And there are people who are doing that. 
Um, I may read his lyrics, but I, I may not. I may just give you the tone of his lyrics because the lyrics are important because it conveys what he had become. And I don't necessarily want to read what he considers his art because I don't want to feed into what he considered his mission. And it's quite clear from reading his work, if you want to call it work, that his mission, he felt, was to be infamous. He called it famous. And, and who can blame a kid for confusing fame with infamy? In the world in which God has decided we shall live at this moment in time. How would he not confuse fame and infamy? So today, uh, in this hour, I want to unpeel block by block how you would create more mass murderers. And this, this, young, this young man is not yet convicted, so he's a suspect. Uh, legally and factually at this point, he's a suspect. And I may slip during the show and I may call him a murderer, and that's not my intent. I believe the evidence points very, very clearly to him. I, I believe he did this. I believe he said he was going to do something like this. I believe he gave every indication to that. But just for legal purposes and frankly, to not provide false witness, I just want to state that. I want to also get on the record before we begin, how would you make a mass murderer? Although this is very much related to it. Something Billy de Blasio tweeted. So Billy de Blasio, former mayor of New York, himself an avowed socialist. Um, he, he had sort of his equivalent of, of thoughts and prayers. He wrote, I'm deeply concerned that this may be a premeditated act of domestic terrorism directed at the Jewish community of Highland Park. Anti-Semitism must be confronted in every way to stop the dangerous trends we've seen lately in our nation. And by that, he means Trumpism. Although it is very clearly the political left that is, is anti-Semitic. And as I said at the top of the show, not everything is political. Some things are just evil or insane. Um, and then to remind Billy de Blasio of what he had earlier done, a gentleman named Logan Rattick with Newsmax. You probably know who he is. He's national correspondent at Newsmax. Um, he wrote back, hey, uh, reminder of when you single out the same community with your, uh, your red zone rhetoric, your condolences are hollow. Yeah, de Blasio had said uh, earlier to the same exact community, my message to the Jew Jewish community and all communities is this simple. This time for warning has passed. I've instructed NYPD to proceed immediately to summons or to even arrest those who gather in large groups. This is about stopping this disease and saving lives, period. This was when the Jewish community was wanting to gather in a religious observances and to let their kids play in playgrounds. And this was the guy who went in and padlocked the neighborhoods, but only in Jewish neighborhoods. And we covered that on the radio show. Step number one to creating more mass murderers, create others, groups that are othered, dehumanize them and villainize them. Step number one. And when you do that, you build into the heads of young people 
an environment in which certain groups of people are responsible for every problem they face. If you want more mass murderers, continue to do that. Billy de Blasio does it with cops. And murders of cops have been up 100-200%. Black Lives Matter Incorporated does it with cops. And with white people in general. And the woman to whom we're referred to as vice president raises funds for groups that do that. That, that create the, or that participate in the utter dehumanizing of other people based solely upon skin color. It is racism, purely. It isn't reverse racism. There's no such thing. It is racism in the purest possible sense. That's a great way to start to build mass murderers. But it's only one key to constructing mass murders. When we peel back and look at uh, some of the details about this young man, stunningly, and I know you're stunned, I'm stunned, he was known to law enforcement. This goes right back to Texas. I mean, the, the similarities here are stark with some key differences. We have yet to find out what home life was like. We've learned that his father is apparently had run for mayor, was a small business owner. Of course, it's news that he's a Trump supporter. What I've read about his mother, she's been variously described as a hippie and and someone who has been accused of and apparently was arrested for a a domestic assault while, while driving a car. And I'm not here to say that I'm a perfect person. Far from it. I've got my own foibles and sin problems. But maybe that sounds like a confusing sort of upbringing. And more will come out about the parents. But he was known to law enforcement. Of course he was. If you want to create more mass murderers, let the smaller things go. If you want to create more mass murderers when there are young people who are, as in my judgment was the case in Texas, in my judgment was the case in Florida, uh, when you have young people, particularly young men, screaming every way but verbally that they're broken, that they have no sense of hope, that they have no sense of connection to humanity in any way. Ignore that. And fall under and cave into the no youth jail movement, no youth incarceration movement, which is a top-down structure. This is the same structure that Barack Obama and Eric Holder, the two most disastrous so-called public officials in history, in an active sense. Joe Biden is an inert object in the White House, simply like a rug. I don't mean to dehumanize him. That's, that's, I shouldn't have said that. He is simply an old, useful man, old, codgled old man, useful and inert in terms of, of argument or leadership. He's inert. But it was those guys who created the environment of, oh, we'll punish you. We'll, we'll take away federal monies if, if you put kids into the criminal justice system. Do that. And so when kids use acts of, of you know, petty crime or other crimes or assaults or vandalism as a way to gain even negative attention and all these behaviors, they all have purpose until a point where they don't. Let me explain that. In our journey through adolescence and family mental health, we learned that cutting has a purpose. It serves a purpose. 
it's it used to be mostly girls, although now it's expanded to boys when they cut themselves. That that is an ineffective coping strategy because it eventually that you have to cut deeper and deeper and deeper to get the the endorphin rush you're getting. And they do get one. And it does it stops pain. Literally stops mental pain for a little while. It refocuses the body. As I go through physical therapy, sometimes, you know, they're working on the shoulder. Um, my physical therapist is working on the shoulder and the shoulder won't move where he wants it to. And I say, now, I'm always curious, is that going to tear? He goes, no, no, no. This is your brain telling your body it can't move there. I know it can move there. It's done it before. And so he'll wrap something around my elbow really tight. Next thing you know, lo and behold, my shoulder will move in that full range. It's very similar with cutting. Kids cut, they get an endorphin release. It fools the mind for a little while. The physical pain overcomes the mental pain and there's sort of a little rush. It's an ineffective coping strategy because you have to cut deeper and deeper and deeper and eventually you cut into an artery and you're dead. Well, so do petty crimes provide an endorphin rush. They provide the the rush of, oh, look, I fooled everybody. Oh, look, I got away with it. Oh, look, I'm important. Oh, look, I'm clever. Because they're telling themselves that, man, I stole that stuff. I didn't get caught. I'm clever. I vandalized that. I didn't get caught. I'm clever. And it can graduate all the way up into a sexual assault. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I took that because I was the important one. I was the one with all the control. I was the one. I was the one calling the shots. And they get that endorphin hit. So now I was important. I was boss man. And it's an ineffective coping strategy that now is affecting and, and adversely affecting and deeply harming other people. Just ignore that stuff. Don't respond to the little things that become big things and get this habituated so that to, in order to have forms of significance, you have to do worse and worse things like this guy apparently did. So that's another way to create mass murderers. Um, it, it, th- th- then, then let's get down to this because we talked about this four weeks ago or so. We're going to see more mass murders this year. I mean, not just some more. We're going to see a higher number of mass murderers uh, murders per capita. It's inescapable. Well, we're already trending that way. Now, what in the world would have caused that? When you seek to mentally abuse a population, there's some things you do. Uh, One of them is you isolate the population. You remove from them human connection. You remove from them differences in their day. You install Groundhog Day. You know, mundane, day in, day out, the same thing. And you keep them isolated. And at all costs, you avoid human contact, particularly with people they love or they could grow to love. Well, this kid was part of lockdown culture. He's an East Coast kid, young man. That, that, that entire portion of the country went mad under bosses like Billy de Blasio and Fauci. And that stuff is having an effect and it will continue to have an effect. But don't address it. Don't approach it. 
Don't reach out proactively to form new connections. Don't do that. If you want to create mass murderers, don't treat that symptom. And install in young people a sense that they're only ever going to get bits and pieces of pleasure. And this happened throughout the lockdown. Oh, yeah, we'll let you play in the park today, but not tomorrow. Yeah, you can go back to school, but only if you have an injection card. Oh, by the way, you probably killed your grandma before you got injected. You probably killed your grandma. Pile on them that. And at any time, make sure that you ignore, utterly ignore outward signs of pleading for help. There's listeners to this program who have tattoos. I, you know, tattoos are a very modern thing. There's very lovely people I know who have tattoos. The facial tattoos on this kid, the hair color, the nihilist shirts, um, the music, if you'd like to call it that, are all 100% obvious to anyone who wants to take five seconds to look at it. Someone saying, I am deeply broken. I am deeply hurt. I am deeply confused. I am radically depressed. I am absolutely dead inside. But, but don't, don't call that out. Never take a kid aside like that and say, I feel concerned for you. I'm feeling worried for you. Can you help me understand why I might be feeling worried for you? Don't do that at all costs. Oh, politicize this too. Make it political. See, because that what that does is then that feeds this negative loop. Yeah, this, this young man went to a Trump rally dressed as Waldo. Was he trolling? Probably. I don't know. And it's immaterial to me, to be honest with you. If he voted for Trump 10 times, uh, it's immaterial to me. Because his sickness is far deeper than the, uh, than the politics. Was he a leftist? That's what his Twitter profile seems to show. But he's all over the map, as crazy people are. You think this kid's a, a policy analyst? Oh, we'll get to that. No, no, no. Part of this is, no, maybe we'll do this now. Yeah, part of this is make kids have to deal with problems that are far, far, far above their, their pay grade, far above their age level, and then magnify their opinions as if they are worthy of, of, of expert acceptance and review. Do that. Why don't I be saying that? Because you create in kids this sense of, 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 of fear. Here's how this works. When kids observe adults calm, rational adults making decisions deliberatively and saying to the kids, no, actually, I'm not going to let you swim in the river today. But why? Why? All the kids downstream are swimming in the river. Well, their parents are different parents. I've spent more time around rivers. I'm looking at this and this looks like undertow water to me and I'm not going to have you do it. Why? Because I don't want you to die. But they're not dying, not yet. 
Are you going to go down and tell their parents if they ask me? Now, this can anger the kids. My dad's a jerk. He won't let me swim in the water today in the Spokane River. But inside, it creates a sense of security. My dad loves me. My dad is an adult making adult decisions. When the world turns to kids and says, and says you solve it, you solve it, it takes other kids and they look at this and go, wow, wait a minute. We're in such bad shape that they're turning to 20-year-olds to solve things. They don't, it's not cognitively that way. It's not, the, it's not in their frontal lobe. It's in their lizard brain. It's a sense. The adults have no idea what to do. They're turning to us. How does this tie into to Highland Park? Well, it, it ties in like everything else ties in when you're creating mass murders, if that's what you want to do. And I'm not saying that's what they want to do, but it's what they're doing. So I'll give you the, uh, the, uh, the audio to prove that point on this. Also, some more about him and some of the uh, further clues on his social media profile. People are making a big deal about some of the words he used on his social media profile. And in normal times, they're big deals, but they're also indicative of a culture that if you wanted to create mass murders, this is how you do it. You know, I'm bummed out last night. Uh, we got to go to our friend Tom and Sherry's house last night, and I keep intending to take them bone frog coffee. Uh, it's now a housewarming gift for me that I take to people, and people really do enjoy this. Um, hey, listen, if you're a subscriber to Bone Frog, would you let us know? And what I'd love to hear is your Bone Frog story. You can go to the ToddHermanShow.com, and, and there's a bunch of them here I've gotten. And I'll just say, once again, I'm far behind on emails. I, I hate it. I hate this about me. It's totally my fault. Big sense of guilt. And I'll try to dig myself out of these again. It's just I'm blessed with so many. I would love to hear your, your interactions with Bonefrog. I'd love to hear your estimations of the coffee. What I'd really like to do is have you help sell it to others. If you've decided to subscribe, that means that you like all the roasts or the ones you've chosen. You've found the delivery method, be it K-Cup or French Press or Drip. I think Fresh, and, uh, Fresh French Press and Drip are the same, are the same roast, same cut of coffee. Um, of course, there's espresso. There's all of that. There's raw beans. You get, or not raw beans, but just the beans. So you get that. But would you come to me and explain, how would you do a bone frog commercial? How would you announce this company? God Country Team, founded by a 25-year Navy veteran and Navy SEAL, Tim Cruikshank. They make a big effort to always hire vets when they work with other companies as vendors. They look for vendor-owned companies. If you're not yet a subscriber, you can get 5% off lifetime at bonefrog.us. There's a pull-down menu there. It's going to ask how you heard about it. Please let Tim know you heard about it here. And we both get a fair shake. It's bonefrog.us. This is what I mean uh, in terms of, of taking kids and and... Taking their neuroses and making it superstar material and taking their worries and, uh, and substantiating them beyond any form of evidence. 
So you take a generation of kids, you've isolated them for a couple of years, you have created groups that are inhuman and responsible for all the ills of the world. Um, you, you absolutely ignore their obvious signs and cries and screaming for help up to and including physical assaults of others. You ignore that studiously, um, facial tattoos, things like this that are clearly stating, I am in deep pain. You ignore that stuff. You never at any time reach out for that. You never, you never do that. You never reinstall a sense of connection. Um, you, you also make sure that you never talk about active parenting you never point out to parents that your job, particularly as Christian parents, is your job to teach them the word of God, not the church's job. It's not the Christian school's job. It's your job to disciple your kids. It's my job to disciple mine. I'm not saying that I've done a great job. But never talk about those things. Never talk about the parental responsibility beyond, beyond um, shelter and food. Don't ever, ever focus on that. Never focus on intact families. Accept no, the lie that divorcing for the kids is a thing because it's not unless you're talking about rampant physical abuse or drug abuse in one of the partners, right? In that case, yes, yes, now you're protecting the children, but never focus on that. And in fact, at every opportunity you can degrade the life of children by, for instance, talking about them as body parts, penis havers, vagina havers, do that because that's a great way to really degrade their life value, the value of their human life. And for gosh sakes, never ever tell them that the God of the universe knew their very heads on their hairs on their head before they were born, knew what name they would have and cared for them and considered them sacred life from the moment he conceived them in their mind. Never, ever, ever, ever talk about those things. But also when kids develop a worry neurosis, now fetishize it and then make it into star material. Put them on TV with their, their worry that has fetishized and become now this obsession and make sure that you position them as experts. Do that because that will create in kids this sense, this other kids, this incredible sense of instability because they'll be saying things like, why should I listen to the adults? I was watching TV. They had someone my age on talking about the Supreme Court. Why should I listen to adults? They screwed everything up. Look, they're killing the planet. They just banned abortion. And that's a clump of cells. And get that in the kids' heads. That they know everything adults do. Never, ever, ever, ever let them honor their mom and dad. Never do that. Never speak of it. Never teach to honor one's parents so that you can have a good and long and happy life. Never do that. That will help you create more mass murders. It's, it's almost guaranteed to do that. On MSNBC, and this is worth watching just to see the look on the face of the host, Zelina Maxwell. She brings on a 20-year-old girl, young woman, forgive me. Her name is Jamie uh, Margolin. And she's the founder of some group that's that that it's it's called Zero Hour. We're supposed to believe that it's a youth-led group that's going around and suing states and, and municipalities. That's what we're supposed to believe about this group. So she gets to be on MSNBC. And I grabbed a bit of the conversation, and this is her talking, but what I, I will describe to you is as this young woman is speaking, and the, the host is so admires her. She's nodding with, with, with just this glowing admiration for this, this young girl, this young woman. To me, she's a girl. She's 20. Now, I don't body shame ever. I will describe because I think it's important. 
that this this girl, this young woman, Jamie Margolin, is deathly skinny. Uh, I I mean, um, like anorexic times ten skinny. Um, and forgive me, I'm not. You know, no one needs to walk around um, looking like a model around me. If you've seen me, you know I'm the last guy to go have any sort of human pride about how I look. Um, but she's deathly skinny. She has the darkest eyes and darkest circles in her eyes. She is unbelievably pale. To me, I worry about her physical health. She seems very sickly. And why would she not? Given that she's now appointed herself an expert, not just on the climate, but on the Supreme Court at the age of 20. And now that's been confirmed. And as we watch this, we can, or listen to this, we can go, wow, really? This is the expert you brought on? And we, with our knowledge of the Supreme Court and what the EPA ruling actually is and what Roe versus Wade was and the Dobbs decision, because we have taken the time to educate ourselves in this, we can also know that she has absolutely no clue about what she's talking. But get in the head of a disturbed, face tattooed, yourself, brutally skinny, deeply physically unhealthy, and we'll talk about the medication use, self-medication in this kid's case, apparently. And that you're someone who's nihilistic and sees no hope, never speaks of God, perhaps has never had God spoken to, certainly has never been discipled. And you see this kid, now you want that. Yeah, she's on TV and people respect her. You want that. In fact, you've been born to have it. The the world was born to understand the depth of you. Because you have to have significance because you don't have any. You've never been told that the king of the universe finds you significant. God who created all things in heaven and earth, finds you significant. He died personally for you. You've never been told that. And so your significance can only come from without. It can't come from within and it can't come from God. It can only come from culture. So let's put our minds, uh, try to as dark a place as that would be, to put our head in the place of a disturbed kid, a crazy kid who just did an unbelievable act of evil as we listen to this soundbite uh, from MSNBC. And I'm joined by Jamie Margolin, who is the founder of the youth-led climate activist group Zero Hour. And Jamie, you tweeted that the Supreme Court is a deadly threat to our earth and all life on it. How are you feeling after Thursday's ruling? That's the question. How are you feeling after Thursday's ruling? That's, that's the question. Well, if you're going to set it up that way, golly gee, I wonder what the answer's like. (laughs) We'll get to that in a second. She's not even asking for an analysis. She's asking, please emote for us. Now, again, put yourself in the head of this suspect or people like him as they watch this. I want that. She gets to share her pain to a nationwide audience. Then they don't know that MSNBC doesn't have anything like a nationwide audience. The, um, the fact of this show and having thrived as it has is it's, it was, uh, see, I, I, I hate saying this because it sounds self-serving and prideful, 
There were people who told me, you can't do this. There were people in radio who said, what are you doing? You're, you're leaving like a, you're paid really good money to do radio. What are you doing? They want to give you a five-year contract to sign that thing. That five years of guaranteed work, unless you're malfeasant. Sign that. That's your, that's your retirement plan, brother. And I know we had talks with my family about it. My wife's saying, you know what? I've always, I've watched you do this a hundred times. Not a hundred. I've seen you do this time and again. I trust you, but I have to admit you're older now and I'm worried. My daughter said, wow, dad, really? Five years? A morning show? Why don't you just write books and do other things? And, and I said, you're worried. I can see that you're worried. She goes, yeah, I guess for the first time I'm worried. And God stepped in and brought us the great partnership uh, with our friends who do sales for us and brought us together. And Zach came into this through God. Zach, Zach uh, Abraham came into this in a godly way and re, re, reunited us, podcast family, radio family, and here we are. Um, that's thriving. Now we're asking you for something very, very specific, or at least I am. When you are a media property, you live and die based on growth. Okay, because people move away from shows or they like they're people who have to take time out because we cover topics on such a heavy way on the show. I get notes from people saying, hey, man, I got to take a time out for a few weeks. Love the show. I'll be back. But right now it's just so heavy for me. And frankly, it's a fact of life that people go on to the Lord. We're asking you to be active in sharing the show with others. And there's a super simple way on your podcast app. It's the share button. The other thing you can do, frankly, is leave reviews on the podcast platforms like Apple or Google. If you love the show, tell people you love the show. If it earns five stars, tell them, don't lie. Never lie for us. But that's one of the ways that the show will continue. The only way it will continue is through growth. So this is this interaction with the 20 year old girl I described and, and purposely. So I don't, it's not a body shaming thing. It just is a scene setting thing. This sickly looking young woman. And I'm joined by Jamie Margolin, who is the founder of the youth led climate activist group Zero Hour. And Jamie, you tweeted that the Supreme Court is a deadly threat to our earth and all life on it. How are you feeling mm -hmm. after Thursday's ruling? Well, I agree with what Congresswoman AOC and many others have said, which is that this is a judicial coup at this point. The judicial branch is absolutely overreaching in their power and completely overturning what the majority of people want, what is good for the people, what is the will of the people with the decisions against Roe v. Wade, with all of these decisions against what goes against basic common sense, safety and majority decisions. And they're just overturning, overturning, taking away basic rights and progress to the point where it's like, this is, this is a clear descent into fascism if we don't take serious action. And I don't say that lightly. I study fascism a lot. I grew up, um, I mean, my grandpa was a World War II veteran. My, on my dad's side were Jewish and I grew up just, you know, learning a lot about Nazi Germany and other fascist regimes and things like that because of um, how the people in my family had lived through and seen and studied history so well. And the important thing is to always remember it can happen here. It, there
Yeah, it can. And the EPA decision is nothing of the sort. And we all get that. And we can we can go through and and destroy her arguments, you know, super, super easily, such as the fact that um, in all reality, the Supreme Court has far more constitutional provision, constitutionally provisioned powers than the EPA, because the Supreme Court predated the EPA only by forever. And it's one of the constitutional provisions branches of our, of our, our tri-branch system. And it is, it is in fact the only entity that gets to decide whether something is constitutional or not on a final basis. We could go through all of that. And that it's not a constitutional overreach for a a, a constitutional provision portion of government to say, hey, just because you were given the ability to to work with the Clean Air Act, that doesn't mean you can destroy electrical stations or or gassing facilities or roads. No. You regulate, you don't destroy. But that's not the point. The point is, if you want more mass murderers, take worry, fetishize it, and with young people say, we're lost. We adults, we can't do anything. We need you. Because we fumbled. We don't know how to fix it. And don't invoke God. Never, ever communicate to kids that we're already in a position of victory. If you want more mass murders, if that's your goal. That's one of the ways to do it. And you can go to Greta Thornburg and, and they do the same thing. You can go to the, the kids that have, have mutilated themselves or, or, or the parents have had this done chemically or surgically and their stars. You can go to the propping up of victimhood as, okay, now you're a star because you were victimized in this way, or at least you're able to fashion something into being a victim. Do that. And this, this alleged murderer has pronouns in his profile. He, him, at least they're the right pronouns. And there are people making a big deal about that. See that? See, 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 he's not a Trump supporter. He has he, him pronouns. And again, to me, none of this is political. I don't think this kid was capable of forming a political thought for a very distinct reason. He was too stoned. Yeah, there's that. We'll get into that in a second. See, this is one of the pieces we're not to talk about. You know, so social media profile has the pronouns. Of course. If you want to create mass murderers, make people break their own brains. Take a population of people and say, you cannot trust your own eyes. That's not water you're drinking. That's sand. Well, it's wet. That tastes like water. It's not wet. It's sand. You're drinking sand. Say it. Say the word. Say the word. Say the word. But wait, I can see through it. It's translucent. Then it came out of my faucet and it makes this sound in the bottle. Sand, 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 sand. Say it. It's sand. What are you? You're a denier? You're a denier. Oh my gosh. I can't even believe you hate sand. Oh, look what we got here. We got a denier. We got a sand hater right here. This guy's, you're denying the science. All the scientists agree. That's sand. Hey, things have changed. I know that they used to think that was water, but things have changed. Right, we've discovered more about things. There's water's a spectrum. That's on the sand spectrum. That's sand. Say it, say it, say it, say it. Oh, it's sand. 
Ah, oh, good man. Good dog. Good. Well done. You're okay now. You're cool. For now. Now, admit that you're a racist. What? You're white. You're a racist. Admit it. But, uh, 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 we got a denier. White fragility right here. We got a denier. Oh, okay, okay, okay. I'm racist. I'm racist. Okay. Now, be anti-racist. What's that mean? Break brains. Do it in mass. The only way to be safe is to join an intersectional group that is based on nonsense and gibberish. Now you're safe. Because you deny material reality, you are now safe. Because you have outsourced your thinking on something as, as urbane as is racism racism? No, some racism is not racism. To something as sophisticated as there's no God. I mean, how could you prove there's a God? Well, let me ask you this question. When was the last time everything came from nothing? I mean, everything came from nothing. Oh, uh, well, it's, uh, it was. Do that. Break brains. And you'll create more mass murders. Oh, and then do what CNN's doing. And MSNBC. And the New York Times. And Fox. And everyone else. Put their pictures on TV a bunch. Quote their lyrics. And recognize that this kid, this suspect, rapped about his fascination for mass shootings. Fetishized his psychosis into art, if you'd like to call it art. Thought this was the key to fame or infamy as we began. Now he's right. Hey, guess what? The kid was right. My goodness, he said he was destined to be famous. And look at that, he's famous. Do that. And man, you'll create a lot more mass murderers. But there's one other super important step to all of this. And thank goodness it's being done in our society. Thank goodness for that. I mentioned Zach earlier, um, Bulwark Capital Management. I've got a chance to attend his free live webinar. He's very, very good in those environments because he's a teacher at heart. I don't know how well I explained this the other day, but Bulwark Capital Management's um, zealous, obsessive focus on risk management as they steward finances for other people. Um, I was explaining that if you're 25 or 30 years old, you can make a lot bigger mistakes with your money um, than people who are a year away from retirement. A year, I mean, that's obvious. Wow, if I lost 40% of my portfolio before I retired, I, I'm in big trouble. Yep, truly, that's true, a year before retirement. If you lost it when you're 20, that would really be awful. And you could rebuild that, right? Even just the rules of sevens, you're going to rebuild that. 
Not how does this apply anymore? Frankly, given the way the party's rigging the system, maybe the rules of sevens are gone. But if you are within that 10-year window, well, now you're really talking about wanting to make sure that your retirement, all of it, is calibrated for risk management. And I'll give you a hint. If it's if it's related, if your portfolio is in that 60-40 stock bond mix, Zach Abraham has taught me one thing very, very clearly. That doesn't work anymore. Not in this inflationary environment. Not when the Fed is conjuring monies or the Treasury is conjuring monies. No, it's, no, that doesn't work anymore. And they are hedged or not hedged they, they yeah they hedge everything and i don't have time for that and it would make my eyes bleed and my head hurt to do it and i'm not skilled enough and they are now if you're five years from retirement good gracious you have got to get on the phone with bulwark capital management have them take a look at your portfolio and i can tell you this because i know this through my core if you guys are well set up hey you're going to get a round of applause from the bulwark team they're going to say, you are so solid. And maybe we don't change anything at all. Maybe we bring you over. We just make sure that you're super hedged. Now, if there's a challenge and you're not in a good place for retirement, they're going to tell you that and they'll do it in a way that's truth wrapped in grace. Because that's who they are. But do not let this fester. Do not let this sit. Every single day you get closer to retirement, you are dealing with more risk. Forward Capital Management, 866-779-RISK. That's 866-779-RISK or go to knowyourriskradio.com. Investment advice cannot be given without a client service agreement. Board Capital Management is an investment advisor, representative of Trek Financial LLC, and SEC registered investment advisor. Woo! Ah. I'm getting better at that one. The government makes us read that every time we talk about Zach. I've got it just about memorized. Yeah, there's one other big step to this. Um, just get a whole bunch of stoners. Now, again, with absolute complete respect for people in this audience who smoke the stink weed. Yes, I judge it. Yeah, I do. I do. I don't judge you. I judge the weed. Um, I would wish that you wouldn't, particularly in high amounts, but I know there's a lot of people who have pain management situations. I get that. I know there's people who are dealing with back pain and, and all sorts of pains and they don't want opioids. I dig it. I understand it. Far prefer the THC to the, to the other stuff. But it is becoming more and more and more and more and more clear that high use of cannabis is developing and causing psychosis in people. In fact, you know um, Alex Berenson, who's done such great work on COVID. If he wasn't such an ornery person, frankly, he's an ornery man. But if that weren't the case, um, he'd be heroic. And he is heroic for at least what he's done on COVID coverage. Um, he's been all over cannabis for, for decades or a decade talking about this. And from just a, a purely scientific perspective, his book called Tell Your Children is astonishing. And of course, the party had to trash it because Alex made a minor math error. That's it. And they use that to negate the entire book, which is about how it's always been known that cannabis can cause big, bad, psychotic episodes. Well, you know that Alex is a former New York Times reporter, now hated by the Times, unpersoned by the Times, persona non grata. The New York Times has now caught on to the fact that, that cannabis causes psychosis. The Texas killer was a big time weed smoker. Now, this guy, the alleged killer, 
we're talking about today, turns out that he loved himself a whole bunch of cannabis, according to his social profiles and Berenson and tracking this down and Andy No and others. This is from Berenson. Cannabis name may now cause one in four cases of schizophrenia in men. This stunning figure from a Danish researcher last week at a top international psychiatric conference spells mental health crisis and a crushing blow for advocates of cannabis legalization. There's that, and that's, that's a study. Then there's the New York Times is now warning about cannabis creating psychoses in kids and talking again about that one in four figure. In one in four cases were the psychoses, it may have been pot, and it, it looks like it was way overuse of marijuana or, or cannabis products that caused this. Now, that's studies, that's data. Look at the cities, look at the fallen cities. Look at the separate country of Seattle, the separate country of San Francisco, of Portland. I had a friend who went to Portland the other day and said, it's not as bad as people say. Truly, it's a huge city. But brother, I'll take you down to the bad parts. I'll take you down to where Antifa owns things and the party owns things. And he's aware of that. He knows that there's bad areas. And I'm, I'm, I'm happy that he provided that balance. That, that balance has to be there because I know we've got listeners in Portland and it's got to drive you guys crazy when I talk about it as a separate country. It is. I know there's beautiful areas of Portland. I know there's still beautiful areas of Seattle, but they're fallen. You guys live in fallen states. You're failed states. You can look with your own eyes at the number of people on the streets who are mentally ill. Not all of that is organic. A good portion of it is, it, it is it's caused by overuse of drugs. It's created that way. You can have psychosis that comes about by extra drug use. So just ignore that. If you want more mass murderers, just ignore that or legalize it or fetishize it or promote it or have Hollywood talk about how great it is. Then combine that with a whole bunch of video game usage, particularly games that glorify violence and rape and sex and theft. Combine those two things constantly. Have the pleasure pathways from the pot tied to the games. Have that be the only moment of significance that you reached a new level in this or that killing game, that for that moment in time, you got the endorphin hit that you mattered. You reached this level. You finally solved the game puzzle. But now there's the big puzzle of life. This is how you create more mass murderers. Oh, and the party? Are they ever doing a great job? of promoting fetishes. You're about to hear the words of the man who now is responsible for keeping our spent nuclear fuel safe. (laughs) It's at the Department of Energy's Office of Nuclear Energy. Um, His name is Sam Brinson. He loves to dress as a woman. It goes beyond drag queendom, however. You know what else he likes to do? Write op-eds in The Advocate defending a website called Rent Boy. What is that? That's where you rent boys for sex. He defended that website. He said shutting it down was more dangerous than anything else in relation to kids being preyed upon. He works for the federal government keeping our nuclear fuel safe. 
When he got his job, he decided to dress in what we call drag, what I call autogatophilia. That is a man who's sexually aroused by forcing others through con artistry or, or force or coercion to pretend he's a woman or at least to think of him that way. I don't know he's not a gynophiliac, but he has all the signs. And here he is in one of the most important federal positions, making sure that our nuclear fuel is safe. Because this guy is so solid mentally. We know that because here he is addressing a crowd in Washington, D.C. Of course he's dressed in a dress. And this is just a little bit of his presentation. I didn't realize I was supposed to leave leading you. So I kind of have this more as a solo, but uh, we're going to go with it. So that's where we are. That's what I prepared for. So that's what we're going to go with. Um, I like to think of Daddy Fauci looking down on us uh, and singing this type of a song to the young people in his life each and every day for the many things that he has done. So. We've cleared off the tables, leftovers saved, washed the dishes and put them away. I've told you a story, I've tucked you in tight at the end of your knockabout day. As the moon sets its sails to carry you to sleep over the midnight. And I'll just stop it there. Clearly, he's mentally balanced. Daddy Fauci. Um, I am not someone who doesn't have friends affected by drugs. We all do. I'm also not someone who, you know, I'm not devoid of friends who use that occasionally and are fine. None of the things we've talked about today, taken as a, as, as a side, like playing a lot of video games, that's not going to create mass murderers, but you combine all of these things into a nation of 330 million people. And in that nation, there's going to be people who may be predisposed for this. But if you take all these things and you pile them up on one human being, you are going to create the pressure cooker that will launch more mass murders. It is inexorably true. And of course, of course, this is absolutely not how the Bible told us to raise our kids. It's just not. And probably like you, there's been times where I've had friends admit to me, man, I just burned myself on drugs or I just burned myself on video games. So it goes back to this. God did not give us children. God allows us to steward life. How do we want to be stewarded? How should we steward? That is, we the parents. That is, we the body of Christ. May the Lord do what only he can do, which is to provide the comfort that surpasses all understanding to these families so wrecked, their loved ones murdered. May the Holy Spirit descend and never leave into these families' hearts, into the brothers and sisters who will now live in fear, the people who watched this. And may God forgive a country that appears to be doing everything you would do to create more mass murderers. May God forgive us. And may we, all of us, 
be useful in the Lord's work of causing people we've never met to turn their face back to the Lord. That's this in Jesus' name. This is the Todd Herman Show. Please go be well, be strong, be kind, and be mindful that we own nothing. We are only, only stewards.